You're listening to season two of the Where Did You See God podcast, where my family and I are processing our experience doing a family discipleship training school. You can learn more about what that is in the description, but the short version is this. We're taking five months uh, to press into what it means to know God and let other people know about who this God is, what it looks like to take five months to just really press in to getting closer to God, to learning how he works, how he speaks, to learning how I can listen and respond, how we can do that as a family. So that's what we've been doing. And we just got out of three months of a lecture phase, and we have spent the last four weeks serving during our outreach phase. If you want to learn more about that, you can listen to the last episode. But today's episode is about how God, in his power and goodness, made it clear that this outreach was his idea and that all the fear and the doubts and the worries that we might be bringing to the table are unfounded in light of what God is showing and what God is saying. You're listening to episode 38 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, I just thank you that you are God and you are good. I just thank you that you have shown yourself as God and good in this outreach for me, for my family, for our team. And I just right now want to lift up this time of sharing just a powerful story of how you worked. I pray that you would guide my words. I pray the spirit would bring out what needs to be brought out, keep in what needs to be kept in. But above all, I pray that This becomes a testament to who you are, not just in our story, but in the stories of everyone listening, that you are the same God in their lives as you have demonstrated for our team. So this time is yours, and I thank you for the privilege of being able to share your story. All this we pray in most holy and precious name. Amen. So if you listened to the last episode, you know that this outreach has been a difficult thing for my wife and I. Normally, when a team goes on an outreach for DTS, they go to an entirely different culture than their own. And while our family is returning to a space that is predominantly a different culture, we actually returned to the city that we've been serving in for over a decade. It's not the norm. And it also wasn't our decision. It wasn't our idea. And God and his goodness showed that to us, which we go through in that last episode, that this was his idea, that he planned it, he orchestrated it, and he was trying to do something beyond just our family. But here's the thing, as confident as we were recording that episode, when we actually got on the plane, when we actually landed, our humanity left some doors open for that doubt, that fear, those second-guessing moments to creep in. When things got hard, which when you're seeking God, it's inevitable that the enemy is going to try to get in the way, distract you, get your confidence down. Well, when things got hard, we found it became even harder to hold to that confidence in who God is and how he worked and what he had already said and how he had already shown himself. 
that first weekend traveling was difficult for many, many, many reasons uh, that just come with traveling with young kids and sickness coming into the mix. And by the time we got into Richmond, we were drained. And we just weren't sure. Like, was this really God? Did we make a mistake? What if, you know, we get to the end of this and all the other teams have these amazing stories and we don't have any stories to tell? What if we get to the end of this and people look at our experience and shake their head and say, wow, the Grangers shouldn't have gone to Richmond. They should have gone somewhere different. Wow, this was a bad idea. Like, these are the kind of thoughts that were going through our heads. And, you know, we'd, in our best moments, try to combat them, uh, try to hold to truths. But at the end of the day, what was really happening is we just weren't trusting God as deeply as he deserved. Because in his goodness, he had gone out of his way to confirm his will. But he didn't even have to do that. He's God. All he had to do is say, go, and then we should just go. Because he's God and we are not. But in his goodness... He doesn't leave it at that. He says, go, and then he drops these hints. Sometimes he shouts it out, but he does these things to confirm the direction in which he's sending us. That's his goodness. Well, God decided to show his goodness in a mind-blowing way because our first full day uh, as an almost full team, we were going to go into the city to pray. When I say almost full team, uh, our outreach has been unique in that we're three families, uh, 16 people all together, 10 kids, so they outnumber us. But one of the families ended up having to take a detour for a week before they could arrive. And so those of us that were there in Richmond get in the van, and our facilitator for the base in Richmond had the plan all laid out because she's been doing this for years. She has been leading groups on this same trip for years, and this is what she does. She loads up the van, she drives downtown, she goes to the same street and parks in one of a few spots that are always available. She walks down the sidewalk and passes the same hot dog vendor who she's passed so much that she knows him by name. She goes down to the city hall, gets on the elevator, goes up to the observation deck, and as the team is overlooking the city, they pray. She has done this so many times that when it was clear that our day was going in a different direction, it caught her attention. Her spots weren't available. In fact, none of the spots anywhere near the area were available. And so we went into the parking deck, which meant she wasn't able to pass the hot dog vendor. We get inside city hall, go to the elevators and a security guard shouts over at us, ask if we're going to the observation deck And when we say yes, he says, oh, it's closed. And Debbie's confused because she's been here so much she's never seen it closed. She asks why, and they said, well, it's raining. And she looks at us and says, I've been here when it's raining. It's never been closed before. I've I've never had this happen before. So on the spot, she shifts plans. We walk down to the hospital, and we pray outside the hospital. And after we finish, she's like, "I've, I've done this so many times. The plan has been the same every single time until today. I've never had the observation deck closed. But even though my plans aren't coming together, God knows what he's doing. God may have a plan that we don't know about, so we're just going to go wherever we feel like God is saying we should go. And so that's what we did. 
And Debbie had this sense that we should go to the state capitol building. This beautiful, large, white building designed by Thomas Jefferson has these huge white columns. It is in a, a beautiful landscaped area with some statues scattered throughout, the governor's mansion over to the side. And it was quiet when we were there. So we're walking towards the state capitol where she's planning to take us to the steps to pray. When one of our group members, Maria, gasps. I mean, I'm talking the kind of gasp where you know something is wrong. And we look over and she just has this look of shock on her face. And it's clear that tears are starting to come in her eyes. And then she tells us, this place was in my dream. It turns out she had had a dream months before. She could point out in real life the very spot in the grass where she was standing in the dream, looking at the very buildings, the state capitol and the governor's mansion that were on either side of us. This is how she shares it. So in my dream, I was standing like the grass outside this building. And I saw also this building here. And I saw the king. First, I thought it was the king of Norway. But after I, had, I, I realized that it was God or Jesus, the king of kings, walking in this garden here. So that was my dream uh, when we were praying about outreach. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> when she looked back in her journal, she saw that the date that she had the dream was October 5th, which was the weekend that all of the families were seeking God and praying for discernment around where they should go. So as she prayed for discernment, God gave her a dream of a place that she had never been, that she didn't recognize, that she didn't even think was anything particularly special, except that it was such an odd dream that she wrote it down. That dream stayed in that journal for three months until we got to the place that was in her dream and we got there because God changed our plans, closed the observation deck, and placed it on Debbie's heart to lead us somewhere that she usually doesn't go on the tour. And this was a powerful moment for Maria, who doesn't normally have dreams like that. This was a powerful moment for the team because it confirmed that this outreach was God's plan months in advance. But this was a powerful moment for me because that morning I was feeling low. I was feeling the pressures. I was feeling the doubts. I was feeling the confusion. I was questioning so much. And in that moment, it was like God was saying, Paul, you did not plan this outreach. This wasn't your idea. I am the one who planned this, and it is so much me and my power that I made it clear by putting a dream in someone's head that you barely knew at the time of a place that she had never been and wouldn't have recognized, and then waited until you were all together at that place, changed your plans so that you could witness her realizing her dream was real. Y'all, this is the God that we serve. So why did God do this? I believe that God did this on our first full day as a team because he wanted us to know without a doubt in our mind that this was his outreach and everything that followed was what he deemed needed to happen. That it wouldn't be about what stats came out of it. 
It wouldn't be about what stories came out of it. We didn't even need to know why he wanted the outreach to happen. We just needed to know that he wanted the outreach to happen and to go each day in that confidence that God was going ahead of us, that God was at work. That was such an important moment for me. And I'm so grateful that God in his goodness chose to show that because he didn't have to. That moment has come back up in my mind and heart over and over and over through the outreach. There have been many hard moments, many internally hard moments, many moments of spiritual warfare. And God has used that singular moment to remind me of who he is and how he is at work over and over and over. That's the God we serve. That's the God who goes ahead of us. And not just for us on the outreach team, but for you listening. I was reflecting on this story prior to recording, a question came to my mind. Why is it Maria had the dream and not me? Because if God wanted to calm my fears and my doubts, he could have given me the dream. He could have given me a prophetic dream of walking by the state capitol. He could have given me so many different dreams. So why not me? Why Maria? Well, I think one of the most important things that I've learned during the DTS and during the outreach specifically is that God did not design us to be individuals. American culture is incredibly individualistic. And when we have a spiritual revelation, oftentimes we're thinking in terms of what we are learning and how that changes our lives. But the reality is, is that so much of scripture is written to a body of people. So often when we see the word you and reread it singular, it's actually plural. And so God gave Maria the dream because he knew that I needed to remember that I'm a part of a team, of a body. He gave Maria the dream because then I knew that God was at work deeply in speaking through her and through her family and through the other members of the team. That any moment that I might feel in a good spiritual place God may be doing something even more powerful in one of my team members. At any moment that I felt particularly unspiritual, I could remember that God is doing powerful things through my team members. And so I want to encourage you to find people to be in your life, to be in your circle, to be in your sphere of influence that are also learning to hear the voice of God that are also pressing into what it means to walk in obedience. Because God is going to use them to encourage you. God is going to use them to help guide you. God is going to use them to walk with you. It's not about you always having to be the one that hears the voice of God. You should always be listening for it, but sometimes God will speak through someone else. And if you're only listening to your own head, you might not hear God speaking. We've got to listen to God through prayer, through his word, but we have to listen to God through the body. So whatever you're going through today, I encourage you, think of that network of brothers and sisters in Christ that you have or that you could build and find ways 
to listen to God speaking through them and find ways to affirm God speaking through them, to encourage them that they too hear the voice of God and it is transforming your life while it's transforming theirs. Because in that way, as we encourage each other, we are building each other up. We are helping each other to continue to stand because this world is a difficult place to stand in. But God is God and God is good. And he is making ways for us to stand when we don't have the strength. And one of those ways is that we stand together as a body, as one, unified. God used that single dream to do so much in our team, both individually and collectively. We are so grateful for how he works and speaks. But it has reminded us that if he did it then, in a dream that happened in October, in a tour that happened mid-December, how much more is he at work? every single day of outreach, every single day of our lives. Are we listening? Are we looking for God? So do that. Go out today knowing that the same God who gave somebody a dream and revealed it three months later is the same God that wants to speak to you. Go through the day looking and ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, Uh, Think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of their music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?